Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. to another edition of the Draft Dudes Podcast. My name is Kyle Krabs, Director of Scouting with NDT Scouting, uh, Lead Draft Analyst for FanRag Sports, and I am one half of the dudes, but the only dude that is going to grace you guys with his presence today. Uh, Today is Monday, March 13th. We are into the swing of the Pro Day Circuit, and um, what we're going to do today is I have about 250 of 300 assessments completed. Some guys I'm still waiting to finalize some film scores on. Other guys I'm waiting for pro day numbers. Speaking of the pro days, but what I want to do today is I want to take advantage of the fact that I have 250 finalized names on the board, and I want to talk about uh, the top portion of my board. I want to talk about the top 15 so- names or so, talk about names that might surprise. There's a couple of them, uh, names that you certainly will not su- be surprised to hear or near or at the top of the draft board. And some movers and shakers. Unfortunately, uh, some of these names uh, are stock up and stock down for various amounts of reasons. Um, with that in mind, um, I'm sure I'm going to end up stiffing Joe at some point in the next two months. And uh, he is going to give you guys a, a variation of this as well. But this is something that's always fun uh, to finally get 
the numbers out in front of you. And that's that's one of the things about numerical scoring that is frustrating sometimes because you put all this work into your draft assessments and you're waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and you really don't know what the board looks like until you get all the data, you run all the numbers and everything's computed and it spits out your final answers. Now, some of the football purists that may be unfamiliar with my draft assessment and its process may be curious how that works. And just know that this is largely based around film study. I do trait-based scouting, uh, looking at specific traits for each and every specific position group, and I'm looking for 10 traits, and I grade each of those traits uh, 100%, 90%, 80%. You know, how good are you? Do you get an A through an F? And I assign each one of those traits an A through an F, and then you get the appropriate number of points based on what you're assigned. Uh, they are tiered, so there are traits that are more important than others, and every obviously every position has its own individual set of traits. Uh, so looking at the board, let's not waste any time. Uh, we want to cover about the top 15 names or so. Uh, some surprises, as I mentioned. Uh, no surprise at the top. Miles Garrett is head and shoulders the best prospect in this draft. Uh, there is somebody that I believe is considerably close when you're factoring all the, the factors, and that's uh, experience, production, athleticism, size, the film score, uh, all of those traits together. Miles Garrett checks all those boxes. He is the top-rated prospect, not just this year. Now, he's actually the top-rated prospect that I have assigned since I started doing my work with NDT Scouting. I've been working and tinkering with this system for four years now, and he's unseated Jadavion Clowney and Khalil Mack as the top two overall assessments that I've been able to score through this scoring system. Garrett, I think he's a no-brainer pick to go number one to the Cleveland Browns. Uh, don't make this too hard, especially Cleveland. You consider that all the other draft capital that they have, if they want to swing things around, they have 33rd pick, they have 12th pick. Uh, obviously, they need all the help that they can get across the entire roster. So that makes this a no-brainer pick. Take the best guy on the board. Number two. Uh, my number two player as it stands right now, and there's not even anybody that's particularly close, is actually Corey Davis of Western Michigan, wide receiver. Um, he scored an 8-4-8, which is just short of a top 10 overall value. Uh, so Garrett is the only quote-unquote blue-chip player, but Corey Davis is really damn close. Uh, Davis is not testing uh, ankle procedure that was done uh, shortly after the Senior Bowl. He missed the Senior Bowl for that ankle injury. But, I mean, just watch the film. He's got a really impressive amount of polish for being a bigger guy. He's got a big frame, capable of boxing out. He runs pretty polished routes. He's effective in run-after-catch situations. He's not always the most assertive in 50-50 balls, but I've seen him win enough 50-50 balls and win it with length and size that I feel really good about him there, him there as well. So in somebody like Davis's situation where he's not testing, you know, it's been announced, he, he's not test, he obviously did not test at the combine, uh, not ready to run at the pro day in all likelihood. So what you do is you just emit that score uh, with this system. Uh, I'm looking to allocate a physical size and athleticism rating. If you don't get the athleticism piece, 
you remove that, you take the weight that was factored in for that particular metric, and you give some credit for the size. You know, you credit him for the size that he is. It's a partial credit. And then you take the athleticism portion of that metric and you disperse it into film. So somebody like Corey Davis, the fact that he had a really strong film score, it's going to prop him up uh, without that testing. Now, granted, his size is particularly high as well. So he's scoring well in size, which he's getting credit for. Uh, If anything, I would say that that probably helped really solidify him as the, the number two guy. Number three on my board. This may come as a bit of surprise for anybody that's been listening to me and Joe with our previous podcast or this podcast going all the way back to October. Uh, Deshaun Watson is my number three player and my QB1. Uh, my love for Mitchell Trubisky is well documented. Uh, he does have a first round value, but he is not QB1. We kind of alluded to this on the show on Friday. The reason being, uh, Trubisky and Watson to me scored very similarly on film. They scored very similarly in production when you're looking at a per, per game output and against top competition. Where Watson separated himself with was, was with his athleticism and with his experience. Those two traits, and this is exactly what we go back and talk about when we're talking about you're looking for guys that are in the same tier, the same general structure. You use these metrics, these numerical uh, figures to help you kind of shuffle the deck and figure out, you know, remove the bias from the fact of what you might like or dislike on somebody's tape. It's a perfect example of that and why this numerical system is really something that has been beneficial to me because Trubisky I still really like. I I think Trubisky will be a franchise quarterback, Uh, but Watson has separated himself with those metrics and it makes him a safer uh, lottery ticket. No, that's all that we are able to do on the outside is determine who is the most likely lottery ticket to invest on and hit. And because of Watson's experience, uh, that is the separating factor that puts him at my number three player and QB1 on the board. Number four, it's a defensive back. Had it not been for an Achilles, it would have been Sidney Jones. We'd like to, obviously the dudes would like to wish Sidney Jones nothing but the best in his recovery from uh, a really awful uh, situation in Achilles tear at the Washington Pro Day this past weekend. Um, non-contact, planted foot, just went down, and you could tell he knew instantly. Uh, Sidney Jones is my top corner. He still is my top corner, even when I assess him the deduction. Uh, he was actually right behind Deshaun Watson as far as numerical scoring before I deducted the penalty for this Achilles injury. Any of those connective tissue injuries, you, you have to... Uh, drop them for and especially when you're talking about names in the top 10 uh, you're knowing you're not getting the same investment that you would originally have been getting uh, had this player been healthy so Jamal Adams number four player on the board safety from LSU I think he's very well rounded he is um, 
somebody who can play in the box, he can play in space, he can play in the intermediates, he can play run support. Uh, he can do a lot of different things for a team. And because of that, that versatility, that ability to tackle with consistency, and, and the fact that he has high-end movement skills, not elite range like Malik Hooker, who's in the top 32, but he's not actually in the top 10, top 12. So um, Adams's versatility and ability to bring every trait to the table, even if he doesn't have that single elite chip to work with, is what separates him. And he's actually sitting... Uh, very comfortably, uh, with a 187 is his final assessment score, uh, barring any uh, incidents between now and the NFL draft. Number five, uh, as much maligned as this offensive tackle class is, I actually have an offensive tackle at number five on my overall big board. And that is Alabama's Cam Robinson. Top five guys, we've got three SEC guys. Uh, Cam uh, is actually scoring this well in spite of, A, inconsistencies on the field. He's got some uh, some issues to work through as far as between-the-ear stuff. Just playing smarter. Uh, but the physical skill set is all there. And obviously the off-the-field questions with uh, uh, the, the gun charge that he was hit with uh, in the, the uh, summer before this year. Uh, NFL teams will have to feel comfortable for that. But I don't have enough information on that incident to be able to deduct him for that. So he is uh, pretty comfortably locked in here with a first-round value. Uh, I think teams are going to look at the athletic ability, the movement skills, the frame, the footwork, the foot speed, the length, uh, the, the raw power that he has, and the positive stretches when he puts it all together on film. I don't think there's any question he's going to be a first-round draft selection. I do think I'm valuing him a bit higher than what he will go in the draft, but at the same time, I'm not trying to predict the results of the draft with these rankings. I am simply stating this is your likelihood of finding success when investing in draft selections. And that disclaimer is really important when we get down to number six. Uh, we'll go through one through ten, and then we'll talk about some of the other highlights in the, uh, the teens. Um, Buda Baker from Washington is actually currently rated as my sixth best player in this draft class. He is really something special. Uh, so I am sure I am going to get railed for having... Um, Malik Hooker as safety number three, but please bear in mind, uh, Hooker is still inside of the top 32 selections. He's still valued as one of the 32 best players, but Buda Baker, uh, play him in the slot. Have him play man-to-man -man coverage. Again, it comes down to how many different ways can he impact the defense? How many different ways has he proven he has translatable skills? Um, Baker can play box safety. He can play robber. He can play spy in the box. He's active stepping up into that D-gap outside of the tight end or outside of that slot receiver and forcing plays either into the boundary or back into defensive pursuit. Short area movement skills are just an absolute delight. Uh, he's got good ball skills. Uh, he brings a lot to the table, and that versatility scored him very well on film and then factoring in uh, not uh, the biggest guy. So it makes it pretty impressive that he's here this high up on the board because you know, you're talking top 10 players. You're pretty much just looking for excuses not to have a guy there. And that's what makes this grading system uh, 
such a treat to put people through because it's it is literally just looking for an excuse not to value you as a first-round player. And Baker checked all those boxes, tested well, he's productive, uh, he's got enough bulk on his frame, he's not the tallest or longest, but all that combined with really good film lands him here. Uh, a pretty familiar name is sitting at number 7, and that's Reuben Foster. Uh, Foster's a home run player for anybody looking for a middle linebacker, obviously. Uh, he's been... Uh, much talked about as of late because of the fact that uh, he was booted out of the combine for that incident before his medical checks. Uh, apparently Alabama's had their pro day already and apparently he's met with NFL personnel and issued an apology and everybody supposedly felt very good about what he had to say in that situation. Um, it kind of reminds me of the, uh, I, I just saw uh, the Deion Sanders story from when he was at the Combine and he was sitting down with the Giants who I had, I believe, the 10th pick. And they sat him down and they gave him this big booklet. He said it was as, like as big as a phone book. And he asked what it was and they said, well, this is the test that we give all of our potential draft picks. And he straight up asked him and said, what pick do you guys have? And they said, we have the 10th pick. He said, I won't be here. I don't have time for this. And he got up and left. Something like that is... You know, think about if that happened today, if a story came out about a prospect like that today and you found out so-and-so walked out of a team meeting with the Giants because he didn't have time to take the test and assessment that they wanted to give him. Uh, obviously, Foster's is a, a little bit more uh, aggressive of an incident, but the aura of... Uh, self-importance is the same and sometimes you get that with these high-end players so I'm personally not trying to read too much into it um, I'm sure some teams will knock him for it but I'm sure other teams won't knock him at all uh, I think his draft floor is probably Cincinnati at number nine that would be a home run if he ends up dropping that far Number eight, somebody we already talked about, Sidney Jones. Wish him well. Uh, his feet, movement skills, ball skills, uh, ability to play sticky. He gets bumped off some bigger receivers, but by and large, his mirror skills and ability to run routes with receivers uh, really set him apart from the rest of the class. Uh, my number two is Marshawn Lattimore, uh, also with a first-round value, but Sidney Jones uh, is my number one corner, even after the Achilles injury, but if teams are looking for somebody who can plug and play right away, uh, Marshawn Lattimore would probably be a better fit. Scrolling down past that, you'd have to get down into the 20s on my board to find names like uh, Marlon Humphrey and Fabian Moreau, who I was really impressed with. Uh, another sleeper name to watch is Cordrea Tankersley, who's in the top 40 on my board. So if you've got a team that's looking for plug and play corners, maybe uh, Sidney Jones is not for you. He's obviously not a top 10 draft selection, but I, I still like his long-term projection quite well, knowing what I do. Lattimore is obviously of concern with the hamstring and hip flexor injuries that he, he see, can't seem to shake in the long term. Um, but they're both great football players. Uh, they're just, just not necessarily, especially in Jones's case, uh, plug and play. They, they have a little bit of bubble wrap that you'll have to bring with them as well. Number nine. Uh, we're going to get into a running back, uh, and that is Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook is RB1. Dalvin Cook would not be RB1 if it were not for the off-the-field incidents with Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon's pro day at Oklahoma was this past week, and he ran a 4-4-3, 
at 228 pounds. That combination of size and explosiveness and straight line speed and long speed uh, brings a speed score, which is a ratio between your size and your power output for your 40-yard dash, of 118, which is would have been the highest speed score at the combine, just barely edging out Leonard Fournette's. So uh, Mixon's 40 time uh, really put him in strong standing as far as the athleticism piece. And his film, I thought Mixon's film was the best running back film that I've seen in four years here with NDT scouting. So uh, obviously the off the field, you, you have to factor that in. You cannot look the other way on that. And that's what puts Dalvin Cook as RB1, ninth overall player on the board. Uh, similar range of where I had Ezekiel Elliott last year. Obviously, Cook has his own sets of concerns with the soft tissue injuries and the shoulders. Um, and the combine testing was pretty pedestrian. But you, when you watch him play, uh, in hindsight, I'm not even sure it's that big of a surprise because he doesn't win necessarily with high-end explosive lateral cuts. It's more the step frequency. That, that vision, that patience, and step frequency, those are all things that he does very well, uh, and, and you see that on film. So the fact that he did not test especially strong, was it surprising? Yes. You know, he was one of the guys that I called out to be a winner before the combine for a piece that I had for FanRag Sports, but uh, I certainly do not think it is a kiss of death uh, for his long-term projection and NFL success. Number 10, last guy we're going to go specifically into in depth. Uh, it's another offensive lineman, believe it or not. This is an interior offensive lineman. And this is somebody that throughout the course of the summer work that I did with Joe Marino for NDT Scouting um, was not especially enamored with. Uh, but then I watched his 2016 tape. He had transitioned from guard to center. And I thought he just had an ex excellent job. Uh, of really being a nice move piece, middle anchor for an offensive line, and that is Pat Elfline from Ohio State. Uh, scored well. Uh, I think he'll be a plug-and-play starter. I kind of poo-pooed the idea of him being a Zach Martin type um, come into the league and be that style of an upgrade, but he scored similarly to, to Zach Martin. Um no, athletically, he's he's pretty solid. Uh, he's working uh, with LaCharles Bentley right now, which you see the, the dividends of a lot of guys that go out and work out with LaCharles Bentley. Uh, I thought technically he was pretty sound to begin with, and now he's just really working on his body composition and reworking his body. And, and that has me feel really good about when I watch the film and he spits out a very strong first-round value score and ends up in the top 10 overall players. Uh, I feel good about that. Uh, some names dropping outside of the top 10. Uh, Hassan Reddick is in the top 15. Uh, Mitch Trubisky's in the top 15. Marshawn Latimer's in the top 15. Uh, some other names in the top 20, 25 that might be a bit of a surprise. Uh, Alabama's Eddie Jackson is up there for me. I still think he can be a really strong uh, free safety prospect. Malik Hooker's in that range as well. Um, we did not get into any of the tight ends. Um, David Njoku and O.J. Howard, uh, they're in the, the mid-20s on the board. Uh, both scored very well. They scored very close as well. Um, let's see, who am I forgetting here? Just kind of looking over the list. Uh, John Allen is in the late teens, as is Obi Melifonwu, whose testing really has skyrocketed him up as far as his overall assessment. Uh, Evan Ingram 
is in the late 20s. T.J. Watt is in the late 20s. A lot of names that I've been talking up, and and lo and behold, here they are with their final assessments kind of being in this conversation. Uh, Ryan Ramchek from Wisconsin is in the top 20. Uh, Joe Mixon's in the top 20. Um, So this is kind of a nice peek for you guys into the board. If we get outside the top 32, just a couple of names that I've been particularly high on uh, that we now find ourselves a little lower on with the final assessment. Um, Mike Williams, number 40 overall on the board, wide receiver three, was really surprised by that output. Um, you know, obviously he, uh, has elected to pass on the runs, uh, at the combine, but his jumps and what he did do was enough for me. It gave me over half of the traits I'm looking for, so I was able to run that. I will obviously rerun that if he gets a 40 time in before the NFL draft, but I don't think it's going to help him that much. It certainly won't put him up inside the top 32. Uh, so that's a name that I think a lot of people will be surprised. Quincy Wilson is another one. Uh, Quincy Wilson, I've been particularly high on for a portion of the in-season work, thought he was potentially a cornerback one. Uh, he's in the 40s. Uh, Still a very good player. Carlos Henderson, another player. He's in the 40s on the board. Uh, Carl Lawson, uh, really like his twitch ability. um, But he didn't test quite as well as I was hoping to see. He uh, obviously has the medicals, which are knocking him down quite a bit. He's in the 40s as well. Uh, So that's three names that I really like, have liked throughout the entire draft process that without with my own biases, probably would have been a little higher on board on my board than where they are in the end result. Um, but I've seen a lot of great success with this this system over the past three years of tweaking it. Year one was a lot of trial and error. Uh, kind of got the weights balanced out for year two. Uh, finite adjustments in year three, and now year four, we've combined size and athleticism into a single PSAR metric and uh, really feel like that's going to help really solidify this and take it to the next level. Whew. Would have been nice to get some Joe in there to break that up, huh? <laughs> um, I would like to thank each and every one of you for listening to the Draft Dudes podcast. We are a Monday, Wednesday, Friday production. We really look forward to continuing to bring that to you through the NFL Draft into the summer, into the start of our 2018 work, which starts uh, about a month after the draft is over, so there's no rest for the weary here. Uh, NDT Scouting and Fanner Exports, we're really uh, digging in, trying to really change the draft landscape and are excited for you guys to be along for the ride. Uh, please do not miss the next episode of Draft Dudes, uh, whether you're listening on Audioboom, iTunes, uh, Podbean, whatever, you know, whatever podcast application you are listening to us on uh, odds are you can subscribe we would kindly ask that you do hit subscribe give us a rating Uh, let me know how my 24 plus minute monologue went today let me know uh, what you agreed with disagreed with names that you were surprised to hear were where as far as uh, some of these final assessments and seeing the board kind of start to materialize and uh uh, Ramchek and Eddie Jackson, obviously, are, we're still waiting on testings for those guys, just as I'm seeing those names lit up in yellow in front of me on my board. Uh, so they have some upward or downward play. They may end up a little higher. They may end up a little lower. Uh, but by and large, that group of 10, that's the 10 that I'm going to feel really good with rolling into the actual draft as, as my top 10 players 
uh, for my means of assessment. I'm not again. I'm not trying to predict the top ten picks. I'm trying to predict how likely is this guy to find success at the NFL level, and that's what this system is really geared to do. Uh, again, I am Kyle Krabs, director of scouting with NDT Scouting, lead draft analyst for FanRag Sports. This is the Draft Dude Podcast, and I am signing off until Wednesday. We will talk to you then. You've reached the high fashion hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High fashion, Old Navy. About 720 to 729, select styles only. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.